0: Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Isn't God awesome? All we got to do is just receive him. Every time I go into worship, the moment you guys, or we start to open up our mouths, we're allowing God to enter in to a place he already has dominion over, which is our spirit. So when our spirit starts to bear witness with God's spirit, We can receive anything that we want. Excuse me. We can receive anything that we desire. So as we're going to worship, the moment you open your mouth, Todd talked about this last week, what's on the inside of you, you'll feel feel it come upon you. You're not going to feel the outside come upon you. It's what's on the inside that's stirring. And we have to learn how to yield to that. Every time we go into worship and you open your mouth and give praises to the king, every time you lift your hands, God is going to come to where you are. He's going to come to the places that you have given him dominion. That's in your soul. Okay, he already has dominion over your spirit, but dominion over your soul. We're going to talk, we're still on the soul. I want to talk about just a few things. We won't be long tonight. Who all knows what a harlot is? I'll pass the mic around a harlot um a harlot is um is somebody who <laughs> it's somebody who uh, doesn't have any um racial preference it doesn't have any um doesn't have any specific idea of who a person should be. It's just a lusting. It's a lusting that this person has. And it can be a man or a woman. And um the harlot is so self condemning that the cycle just repeats and repeats and they never get out of it. Excellent. What else we have? That's awesome. Thank you, Robin. Who else knows what a harlot is? Talking about the soul. Nobody else? I guess you answered it, Robin. This is what a harlot is. This is Webster's or Google's Dictionary, what a harlot is. A harlot is a prostitute or promiscuous woman. That's what is described in the world or in modern times. So who all knows what a prostitute is? You don't have to answer that. Just raise your hand if you know what a prostitute is. A prostitute is somebody who exchanges... Something of worth, i.e. their body, for a gain. Okay? So a harlot is a prostitute or a promiscuous woman. Promiscuous means this. Random, unthinking, and irresponsible. Okay? So a harlot is... Someone who is a prostitute, who's willing to give something of value for gain, i.e. the body. Or a promiscuous woman, which is something promiscuous means random, unthinking, or irresponsible. We're talking about the soul. There's a spirit of holotry. It is a spirit. Carl, can you give me um, Deuteronomy 23, 18? A harlot in the soul is something that is trying to lustfully pull you into a cycle for gain. Right? Okay, listen to this. So in your soul, we're exchanging the word of God for something less. And if the word of God is not there, we're exchanging our own thoughts for our own gain or for a gain. It's a harlot spirit of harlotry that's trying to overtake the soul. And then it says, this is what Deuteronomy 23 18 says. You should not bring the wages of a harlot or the price of a dog to the house of the Lord your God for any vowed offering. For both of these are an abomination to the Lord your God. Harlotry and dogs, what we're going to talk about is an abomination to God. Okay, so a harlot is a prostitute or a promiscuous woman. So an abomination to God according to Google Dictionary or whatever dictionary they use, is random, unthinking, and irresponsible. We're talking about the soul. All right, we're in a rest season in this house. I don't care if you just came in, you're going to enter your rest. God's going to speed up the process for you to enter a rest. Um, But there's a harlot spirit that's trying to come into the soul, that's trying to seduce the mind, and trying to seduce wages to abandon the things of God or to let go of the things of God, which is the word, which is the promise. Okay? The spirit is strong because I've been around a prostitute before. I know what a prostitute looks like. I know how a prostitute acts. And they're very manipulative. Have you guys ever walked down a a street and um in a community or a city and a prostitute comes to you and they're trying to get you to do something that you know that's wrong. But the words are so persuasive. Right? I've experienced it. you. all might have. <laughs> um, I lived in many countries. I've been all over the world. It's, it's legal in a lot of countries. Um, but it is a seducing spirit. It's a play on words. It is a play on words. So it tries to grab the truth that you've already heard, knowing not to do it. And trying to get you to reason to do something you know not to do, but use your own words. It's it's seducing, and it's causing you to move out of the promises of God, back into the old man, the old way, the old way of thinking. And it doesn't have, it doesn't have to do with sex? You know that right? Holotry, like it's for gain. You're giving up something for gain or for your own goodwill or for your own will, not God only reason this word stuck out to me, Tori said it yesterday, and she was like, what's a harlot?" <laughs> I love her. She's so innocent. I'm like, "Harlot?" Her- I don't know, baby. And then she spelled it to me, and it was a harlot. <laughs> we, in this time right now, we cannot be random, unthinking, or irresponsible, because we're in the rest. Okay, I'm going to read it again. Random, unthinking, or irresponsible. That's the characteristics of a promiscuous spirit. So you've already grasped a thought, which is the word of God. And then now you start having these random thoughts come into your mind. That's the spirit of harlotry, Or or something comes to you and it causes you not to think on the things that God wants you to think on, which are the things that are above. That's unthinking, right? And then be irresponsible. Basically... Disregard all your responsibilities. How many have done that? I've done it. I can not pay rent. And I said, Bump it. I'm just going to go out to eat. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I might have been short $100 or something. That's irresponsible. God could have been setting you up for the glory or setting you up for a testimony. But I said, Dang, if I can't pay, I might as well just enjoy myself. That's a harlot. It's trying to get you to do something you know that is wrong. It's trying to get you to do something that you know that's wrong. It's persuasive. And they say, Well, you know, God, you're going to take care of it. Then you start reasoning. Oh, you know, 10 bucks ain't going to matter. But, you know, you, the next two days, you're going know, to spend $60. And now you can't, you're in disobedience. So the blessing really can't come because God don't bless uh, disobedience. We've all done it. Might not be rent, could be light bill, could be phone bill, could be school. I don't know what it is. That's a harlot. Prostitute exchanges their body for a price, for a gain. Being around a prostitute, there's an emptiness. Um, it's an unmatchable feeling to have a conversation, um, to interact with a person who has a spirit of holotry or a prostitute, an actual prostitute in the world because they don't care, it's like they've lost everything about themself. Um, And that causes them to do things that are unreasonable. And then they get into a cycle, like Robin said, they're in this cycle and they don't understand how to get out of it. So if we're going, if we have a spirit of holitry trying to persuade us to give our thoughts and be irresponsible and do all these different things in this time of rest, God wants to cut that off. It's very simple. You replace the thoughts with the word of God. Uh, Dean Sykes said this a long time ago when he came here. You can't beat thoughts with thoughts. You have to beat thoughts with words. The most powerful word, the word that is eternal, is the word of God. It'll never fade. it never change. It'll never go away. It'll never die. Don't even fight it with your own words. Don't. The word of God. And if you don't know the word of God, say, I speak the word of God against that thought. Or I plead the blood, or I speak the name of Jesus. But we can't allow a, a spirit... To tempt us out of our rest, all of us are being tempted to come out of our rest. We all are. We really are. Shoot, that's how that's how you know the promise is right there. But the word harlot stuck out to me because I've encountered a harlot before, a real a real life one. I, I, I've been. Um, I was in an elevator, and one basically cornered me. I'm not joking. One did corner me. Luckily, I was in the Lord. And um, I didn't go that way. Maybe three years ago, I would have. Seriously. That's how messed up I was. And just because you do something on me and God won't clean you up. For real. You know, there was times where I was doing a lot of madness. I can't even allow that to enter my soul. But luckily, I was in God. Meaning I was already in a relationship with God. It wasn't like right right in that moment I was in the spirit. We gotta stay in the spirit. But I mean like I had already built a relationship with God and I was not choosing to go that way. I wish I would have ministered to it, but I was caught so far off guard. I've never been cornered before by by a prostitute. I've been cornered before, but I've never been cornered by a prostitute. Um and it was so and it's funny, I'm not joking. It was so random the way she came on me. We're just in there having a casual conversation. Hey, how you doing, you know, where you from? I should've known something was up. I'm normally the the, the conversation initiator. She's talking more than me. Mind you, this prostitute had gold teeth and a, a bonnet on it. Y'all know what a bonnet is? <laughs> it was a ghetto, it was a ghetto prostitute. <laughs> she had golds. I'm talking about like full golds. Y'all know like uh, back um, Lil Wayne and them Cash Money Millionaires? She had one of them goes, and you know we can have gold teeth. Every, you know my family got gold teeth, but I mean like, she's from the hood. It was beautiful though. I was just like, no, I can't have you. And then like the elevator door shut <laughs> behind me. I waved. I was like, see you later. Nah, I wish I would have had an opportunity to minister. When I shared that with Jen, he said, man, you should you should have talked to her. I was in a distraught state in my life at that moment, and all I knew to do was run. When you don't know what to do, do what you know. And flight or fight, kicked in and flight. Y'all know what fight or flight is, right? Your boy went right into flight. <laughs> and it was like I, I slid right out as the doors were closing. like, I said, mm. <laughs> Jesus is Lord. <laughs> I have many stories. I don't even get to share half the testimonies. But it's funny because they always come up. So the spirit of harlotry is an abomination to God. And the word that says that a downy man can't receive because he's going to and fro, it's, it's better that he doesn't even ask. Because if your mind's going back here and back there, you're not in faith. So you're not pleasing God, and you're in sin. God does not bless disobedience. So we have to speak against that. When we say speak against, we mean speak what's contrary to that. Meaning, if, there is, if there's a spirit in operation, influence is it's, it's, it's like, Adversity or as opposition or as temptation has come into your soul, you have to know what position you're in, but always get exactly what Jesus did. He gave him the word of God. If you don't know the word of God, plead the blood. Say, I speak the word of God. And then say, I speak the name of Jesus. That will cover it. And you have to believe that it's going to cover it and walk in faith. We have just a snippet of revelation on faith. We have to get a greater revelation of faith. Because faith is what's going to advance the kingdom of God. God wants a testimony. How many people in here feel like my life should have changed by now? There's some things in my life that should have changed. I've been serving the Lord. I've been pursuing the Lord. And, you know, I'm, I'm not in active act of sin, meaning I, I know that I'm not doing something I'm not supposed to do. Um, but some things still haven't changed. Have you asked God for the, you know, Lord, I, I will willingly be your testimony. I've noticed that a lot. The moment we surrender to what his will is, the testimony starts to build. And then it's a big bang. But that's how God gets his glory known in the earth. You know that, right? You know he said that he created Pharaoh for that purpose? He said that. He said, I created Pharaoh for this purpose. It's in Romans. I think it's in Romans. That my glory shall be made known amongst all the nations. All the people, the Israelites, so the people would know that I was their God. So that gives me the thought that God can allow evil in our lives. He can allow distress. He can allow hardship. He can allow pain in our life. So that when we overcome, he'll have a testimony. Can y'all believe we have a God like that? How many people here have overcome something? And how powerful is that testimony? And when that pain doesn't have you anymore, and when you speak the testimony, how many people can get delivered? Numbers is endless. It's like um, residual income. It, it just keeps more. It just keeps growing. You tell one person, that person tells one person, that person tells three people, that people tell. You know, before you know it, your, your testimony is amongst all the nations. Did y'all know that God said that's why He created Pharaoh? In Egypt, signifies bondage. And Pharaoh is the king of Egypt. He was the king of bondage. So who is Satan? The king of darkness. The king of bondage. The king of anything that's not of God. So God created Lucifer knowing that he would transition to become Satan. Do we all know that? No. God all knowingly knew when he created all the creatures, which would rebel and which would not rebel. And he knew Lucifer. Would rebel and he would cast them to earth. But so that his name and his glory would be known amongst all the nations, amongst all the people, and that we would willingly choose him. How many times have we been in a place where all hell was breaking loose and you could not fight anything? It was just like you just went to a fetal position, like, all right, I'm just going to take this. It'll pass, right? I'm minded to say it'll pass if I just take it right now. There's a point. When we just receive God's word and what God wants to do in our life, that testimony is going to start to come forth that his glory shall be made known amongst all the people. You must be willing to be a testimony. And you already know we all have already agreed to the life that we've lived in heaven, to the life that we're living now. That's a revelation. When we were in heaven, before we manifested in the flesh in our mother's womb, we had agreed to the path we agreed to who our parents' words. We agreed to the hardships we would we would encounter because we said, Lord, we want to be the redeemed. We want to redeem your people. We said all these things in heaven. We agreed to what we were going to go through here on Earth. How many knew that? And that should give you a sense of peace, that your spirit had already agreed what you knew you were going to overcome. It was already written. Because back when I first was coming into God, well, if God knows all the days that are written, do I really have to make choices? I really have to live a certain way. It was already written in the book, right? Right. It was written in the book. The greatest thing God gave us is choice. One of the greatest things. I'm sorry, it's not the greatest. The greatest thing He gave us was Jesus Christ. But we must get knowledge, understanding, wisdom. Daniel is a great man of knowledge and insight. Man, your your testimony is just going around the ministry. I'm just gonna say that, bro. Hey. I'm going to read it and I'm going to be blessed, for real. But we have to get the whole package, knowledge, understanding, wisdom, and revelation. I've been doing a lot of reading. You can't even operate in the supernatural power of God, I meaning you can't cast out demons, you can't heal the sick, you can't pray for people and see them delivered unless you have revelation. Revelation supersedes intellect, okay? Okay. So if you're just abiding in intellect, what God has showed, like logos word, not the revealed word, logos, written word, which is great. It's awesome. It's it's ever evolving. It's ever changing. It's alive. But if you don't have a revelation of that word, if you don't have one ounce of revelation, we all should have some sort of revelation, which is the born again experience. We heard the word. It was revealed to us. We (laughs) accepted it. But if you don't have any revelation, you won't cast out demons. You won't see people come out of wheelchairs. I'm talking about your own revelation. You won't see limbs come forth. You won't see his hands stretched out. You won't see the blinds. It's because you have to have revelation because if you don't, you're relying on intellect. You're relying on reason. And that's natural. Remember, God is supernatural. He's divine. He's out of time. So we must have revelation to operate in those things because it supersedes our mind. That's faith. Faith is the same thing. Faith is not natural. Faith is supernatural. That's what I'm saying. We got to get another. We have to get more of a revelation on faith. It says in the word that all you need is a grain of a mustard seed, and some of us have got the, the faith of the size of the chair in here, but we're not seeing mountains move. Right? It's because the revelation of faith has been built to that place. Now we can pray for somebody and we know they're going to get healed, right? Because our faith is there, but do we see it instantly? I had an opportunity. When I was at King Jesus Ministry to pray for somebody, I have a hunger to really see instant miracles. If you operate in any of the five foot office gifts, if you're a saint of God, if you're God's people, you have a hunger to see it happen instantly. But the call God's put on my life, there's a deep hunger for when I pray for somebody that their eyes open up and I say, oh, God's going to, he's going to hear you. He's going to heal you um later. Just keep praying. I I It hurts. When you got to say, don't worry about it, man. Just keep believing. Who's prayed for somebody had to tell them when the manifestation didn't happen? Just keep believing, bro. It hurts. I want to see it happen instantly. Like right there on the spot. I use the youth often to pray. They're seeing instant miracles. They're standing right away. But I remember taking Mimi to Papa John's. And we are getting pizza for us and a few of the kids. And. There was a girl with a little hand. She had a size a baby, the baby size of a baby's hand. She was an adult. And I asked Mimi to pray for her. And the girl's hand didn't stretch out. I wasn't there, but Mimi prayed. Mimi's innocent. She's pure. Like, why wouldn't her hand stretch out? Sometimes, it's not our will. It's God's will. So it gets me wondering. So God will use moment. This is God's will. Listen to this. When I would pray for people, when I watch my youth or the youth pray for people and we don't see the instant miracles, it started to build a hunger, a thirst, a wanting to see it happen instantly, a desire. Right? Because I said, Lord, I'm tired of praying for all these people. Ain't nobody getting hit right on the spot. They're smiling. They're crying because, you know, God is moving in that. But, shoot, I want to see the, the hand come out. Who want to see something like that? Can you imagine a leg growing out of somebody's out of hip? Or a hand growing? So he he just started brewing in me. Man, we pray for a lot of people. Mimi prays for every... Man, we was at Walmart two days ago. Mimi laying hands in Walmart. Like literally putting her hands on people in Walmart. That's what she do. And she be prophesying to him. Mimi be going in, boy, I love it. (laughs) I'm proud of you, Mimi. She's awesome. But we want to see that. God put that desire in my heart. I had the opportunity to pray for a young lady at King Jesus Ministry. I, some of y'all might have heard this. Everything was wrong with her body from the top of her head to the bottom of her feet. When I said, hey, you need prayer, she broke down crying like, Yeah, I need prayer bad. So it's like a row of 20 chairs. The girl had to <laughs> She was like this trying to get out, <laughs> get out of the chairs. And we had to go into the aisle. I said, Tell me what's wrong with you. She is almost, she literally pulled out like a one of those flip books and started going down the list. I was like, okay, all right, whatever. What can't you do, in a sense? She said, like, I can't write. Every time I write, my hand hurts. I said, okay, we're going to start with that. What else? Uh, my knees are always swollen. My face always swollen. My teeth hurt. She, Every time, I got asthma. She starts spitting like a machine gun. I said, all right, let's just pray for everything, all of your body. Pray for healing for your whole body. I prayed for this young lady. And it wasn't no long, out. it wasn't like I was living like, I've seen people really like like really pray like war. I was just like, I don't I don't, I'm, I don't see really Jean do that sometimes, you know. So I only know or do what I see, but I was it was a very gentle prayer. Lord, you know, I pray that you heal your child. This is your daughter. She stood up in faith saying that she wanted prayer. I plead the blood. I was just saying things I knew to say, but I wasn't like, boom, you gotta get healed in the name of Gene. I wasn't like beating her up with the word. I said, All right, maybe it took me two minutes to pray. I asked the guy that she was with to give a piece of paper um, so she could write. She started writing. And the moment she was able to write without any pain, everything, her faith went like from level 2 to level 200. It was crazy. Because I don't know how it was for her writing. I was like, hey, how do you feel? I don't feel any pain. I was like, okay, what else can't you do? She's like, I can't run. I said, let's run. Man, we ran all around that sanctuary. We ran all the way in our sanctuary. I'm not joking. This was a girl that was in severe pain. We ran around. She was like, oh, we stopped. I said, how you feeling? She said, I'm feeling real good. I'm not short of breath. You know I had asthma too, right? <laughs> I said, Lord. I said, let's run to the front. She said, I can't go upstairs. I couldn't go upstairs. I said, we're going to see if you can go upstairs. Walked upstairs. These are These are the things that got to do. And it wasn't, trust me, it was not me. It superseded everything that was in my mind. My prayer was probably one of the weakest prayers in the room. Y'all, you've seen it. You've seen it how they, they, yeah, they they pray hard. People And people get delivered. No joke. You see people constantly getting delivered in that ministry. But I did what I knew. And I watched the manifestation of an instant miracle, an instant healing on a body of somebody. Now, it wasn't a hand growing out. It wasn't a foot coming out. Her, 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 her. Everything that was swollen on her did go down. Asthma went away instantly. She. The room is gigantic. She literally ran from the back of the room to the front of the room around chairs and then went up the stairs. And she was just like, "Yeah, I wish she could have saw her man. She was just so. She was so beautiful." But God put that in my heart so that when I see it, my faith can go to another level. We're all for that. You have to have revelation. You can't have a revelation if there's um, anything that's impeding that. What blocks revelation? This is what I want you to know. What blocks revelation flowing is not having a relationship with Jesus Christ and God the Father. The word says, and this is eternal life, that they shall know you, the one true God, and your son Jesus Christ. That's revelation, to know God. Also. Uh, We'll just go with the spirit of tree, wavering in the wind, back and forth. One moment I want to be with God, one moment I want to be in the world. That can be a thought. You don't have to actually physically be in the world or in God. It can be a thought. That blocks revelation too. And dissension. Dissension amongst the people. You're causing dissension. You're not having, you're not God. That's one of the things he hates. I think it's the one he hates the most, Division of the brethren. That's what the word says. That's the sin he hates most, the vision of the brethren. So if you're in dissension, if you're operating in dissension, revelation is not flowing. Um, Yes, we went with holotry, wavering, going back and forth in the world and thoughts. That blocks revelation because in the word it says, yeah, if you ask for wisdom, you must believe that you received. Because if you don't, You're like a man tossed to and fro. And a man who's tossed to and fro can't even receive because the belief's not there. So we can't even receive revelation by faith. You know, God is constantly trying to speak to us. God is speaking to me right now. God's speaking to y'all. But we have to discern which thoughts are what, right? A thought is a voice of a God. So as I'm speaking, there are thoughts coming to your mind, each side. And then you have to decipher or, you know, the word we say is discern which is God and which is not a God. Okay, I'm going to go to the scripture real quick and then we're going to end. Give me James 1, 19 through 26. We got to become doer of the words. This is how you seal God's instructions. This is how you seal your promise. This is how you seal prosperity, deliverance, all these different things, Okay. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear and slow to speak. I I constantly try to practice this. If Gene, Lee, or Carrie is speaking, I am not trying to speak over them. I don't ever want to get to the, most of the time it's the same thing with y'all too. I don't want to ever get to the place where I think what I have to say is more important or greater than what they have to say. So we must be swift to hear, meaning you must ask God to open your ears so revelation can flow and slow to speak, and slow to wrath, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. All filthiness and o- all filthiness is sin. Lay aside all sinful thoughts. The overflow of wickedness is the action of it. It's actually doing the sin. And receive with meekness the implanted word. Okay. If we're in sin and we're getting the word, a lot of times it's instruction. It can be chastening, rebuking, or scourging. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive your discipline, the implanted word of God, which is able to save your souls. You have to receive it humbly with meekness because you are just in pride. If you're in sin, you're in pride. You know pride was the sin that Satan had. He thought he was greater than God. So if you're in pride, you are a son of of Satan, and we can go over what pride is, but everybody knows what it is. Thinking that you know everything, don't nobody know nothing, I'm right, they wrong. Receive with meekness, the implanted word. The implanted word is the revealed word. Revealed words come like this. You can have a prophetic utterance, word of knowledge, word of wisdom. Um, Your mentors, whoever is fathering you, Spiritual, who's over overseeing you in the spirit, can give you an instruction or teaching that sticks out to you, or the word of God that pops off off a page. That's the implanted word. That is the word that seals your deliverance. That is the word that seals your your healing. That's the word that seals your prosperity. That's the word that seals your your destiny. You have to receive the implanted word by faith, which is able to save your souls. Save your souls, not your spirit. You know, when you receive the Holy Spirit, it actually says that the scripture is written on your heart. The entire word of God is already inside of you. Did y'all know that? When you receive the Holy Spirit, when you give your life to Christ, it's like, boom, the book is put inside you. And then things start being revealed. It's called revelation. As that word is there, but you don't even really connect to it until you start reading the word and allowing it to enter your soul. Then it says, but be doers of that word that you just receive with meekness. Be doers of the word. How many of us have gotten instruction in here? I've gotten it many times in your boy. I was in torment when I didn't do it. Complete torment. I don't want to compare it to hell, but it felt like I was living in hell at sometimes. In my soul. Be doers of the instruction. Be doers of the prophetic word. Be doers of the word of knowledge. Be doers of the word of wisdom be doors of all these different words that God has given to you to help save your soul and not hearers only. There's so much revelation in this house. It's not going to do us any good if we just listen to it. It's going to keep feeding our spirits, going to keep feeding our spirit, keep feeding our spirit. If we don't do nothing with it, we're just going to be, we're going to be big and and fat or at least I know when I have to start stretching or getting taller. I've done it. I said, man, I I would eat up every teaching that would come in this place. I know some of y'all the same way. Eat it up, eat it up, and I would do nothing with it. I'll go home and go to sleep. I'll go home and get on my phone. I'll go home and eat and would not meditate on that word that was being implanted in me. But be doers of the word that you just received and not hearers only. There must be action that has to be taken. We all have to get serious because... In this season, the promise is literally right here. It's like if you could see a, a a box with a bow on it and all you have to do is grab the ribbon and tss, the promise is right there. But we can't even touch it until we start becoming doers of the word. It's as if I can see it. I know it because I have faith. I know it's right there. I'm looking at the box, but I can't even touch the ribbon. It's just so nice. I don't even have the ability to touch it. I don't want to touch it. I don't feel worthy to touch it. I can't receive it by faith. I got too much hell going on in my life. God wouldn't bring this to me right now. I could not handle it. But that word gives you the ability to handle it. But be doers of the word and not hearers only. Deceiving yourself. This was a revelation Gene gave me a long, maybe three months ago. If there's an instruction given, listen to this. If there's a revealed word given, There's a a prophetic insight, word of wisdom, any any revealed word, whatever we laid out, revealed word. If we're not doers of it, we're being deceived. We have just stepped into deception. Now we really can't decipher what is true and what's false. After the the truthful word has already come forth, but since we haven't obeyed, deception has stepped in. That moment, we made the choice not to, to choose. Deception has stepped in. Be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourself. That's why Gene says we need to meditate on the word day and night. This is a revelation he gave us. If we're not getting a word for the day or a rema word through our meditation time, we have stepped in. We have stepped in deception for the day. Meaning, you must spend time with God. Now that doesn't mean that like God gives me words to meditate on, and I will meditate on them for weeks but that doesn't keep me from reading the word. I'll read the word to feed my spirit. And then in the morning and at night, I will meditate on the word he gave me, maybe three or four scriptures that are tied together or not tied together, but I just meditate on it. And then I look up the Greek, Hebrew, all these different things just to meditate, to ponder, to recite under my breath. That's how you meditate. Receive with meekness. Okay. Be doers of the word and that here is deceiving yourself. We cannot walk in deception in this season because the promise is so near, we can't receive something that's not for us, okay? Or the counterfeit. Who wants the 100% or the 100 fold? I'm telling you that anyone will try to send you the counterfeit, and that thing won't even be 30 fold, it'll be one fold. It won't even be onefold, it'll be zerofold because it has no life on it. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in the mirror. He is, he is. He has just stepped in the flesh. He's not even seen in the spirit. He's, he is like a man observing his natural face in the mirror. You're looking at all your imperfections. You're looking at how everything is not going right in your life. You're looking at how, man, if I would have just did this, if my mom was right about. <laughs> but I tell you, it's real. Everything going, Everything natural has just entered your mind. I'll never be able to pay this bill. I'll never get married, man. Life sucks. You know how you, you know how you do when you look in the mirror. Sometimes, you know how we. Be, you know, back in the day, for real, we said, dang, man, I wish I was just a little bit skinnier." God, don't, God is already in the spirit. God steps into our realm to help us. That's what He does. He steps into our time. God, God ain't looking at no natural man. He's looking at spirit beings. He recognizes that we're flesh. He don't acknowledge it. He says, be holy because I am holy. What a commandment. That means you can't mess up. Right? He said, be holy because I am holy. That means we can't make a mistake. He says that because he's looking at the spirit man. The spirit man does not miss it. The natural man will. Because we're in the flesh. For he observing himself goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. You know how when we get on that high? And then, like, we're really in the spirit, man. we prophesying, but We're praying against demons. We're cutting everything off. We're we working at worshiping. We're we meditating on the word. And then that trial hits. I'm not even looking at the presence no more. I'm looking in the mirror, like, God, where, where did you go? Looking right in the mirror, sad. Just beat down. You immediately forget what kind of man you were, a woman you were, by not being a doer of the word. You're completely in deception. You have just lost all identity. How many people felt like that? I felt like, boy, I felt like, said, man, who am I? I didn't even know who I was. I was thinking about changing my name. <laughs> I was like, I can't be Chris no more. You know, I changed my name before. They used to call me CJ. And then I got divorced and I said, that's the old man. I don't want to have nothing to do with that life. Call me Chris. People started calling me Chris. I said, Lord, I may have to go to my middle name. Call me Javaris. I said, I just don't get the same ring as Chris. So I kept Chris. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty. That law is the law of grace. When you receive the implanted word of truth and you do it, you have just stepped into grace because you're in obedience. But he who looks into the perfect law, he who looks into the perfect word that was given, the revealed word, law of liberty, which is freedom, and continues in it, who stays in what that assignment and what that word is and what that direction was. Whatever whatever the flow for what God put in your heart for that revealed word. If you stay in it and not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, he will be blessed in all that he does. He'll be blessed in what he does or she'll be blessed in what she does. You see how much comes with not obeying or not yielding to the word? And how much comes with with obeying? All you have to do, the moment the word comes, all right, Lord, you make a conscious. I'm going to do this. And then you walk it out by faith. Everything you do, it says, this one will be blessed in what he does. Listen to this. This is my testimony. I got this word about Tori. This had to be six months before Gene mm-hmm. even spoke about me getting married. I was just reading the word. It stuck out to me. It says, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, I was in the law of man. I care so much about people thought. I was I had fear of man. I didn't want to marry Tori because I said, man, if I'm wrong, my, my, my parents are going to know. My spiritual parents are going to know. They're going to be like, oh, man, Chris is not in the spirit. That's fear of man. Concern more about what man would say than what God said. Because God revealed to me, said, he who listened to the perfect law, the Lord had already revealed to me that she was my wife. I would, But fear had had me captive. That's not the law of liberty. And continues in it. I did not become a doer of that word. Think about how much grace would have flowed in my life It's the moment I got that word, talked to Gene, talked this is what the Lord is showing to me by faith because everybody wants released by their parents. I'm just going to be honest with you. I, I, I wouldn't have moved it unless Gene would have, that's just how God, I respect him. In the Old Testament, that's what it did. The father had to bless. That's just what it was. I knew he had to bless that marriage. My My natural family, You know, my dad, he was already okay with it, so I needed my spiritual father to okay it. But I said I had to look into the, I went right into the perfect law of bondage. It was perfect. The moment I didn't obey, by even walking it out by faith, I wrote it down. I heard it so clear, I wrote it down. I did not even tell, I told nobody, your boy balled up. So I was in fear. Bondage increased. It got worse. It was almost like I was in hell for three or four months. That's how you learn the voice of God. But I'm saying, think about how much grace would have flowed. It would have gave us more time to plan a wedding, right? I could have had peace about whatever was going to be revealed in that time and not, you know, everything would have been crunched up in a month. That's when God did that supernatural healing. God, I'm telling you, God can do anything, y'all. We have to be willing. This is a ministry. I was telling this to Tori. We see, uh, we hear about these financial miracles, right? Where somebody sows into somebody, and then like the next day a house is paid off. Right? Like at King Jesus, it happens like that. You know his ministry? God spoke to him and he said, You will be, you will bring the supernatural power of God to this generation. That's his calling, that's his mandate. So people will sow into his life and they will see the supernatural power of God. The mandate on this ministry and on James' life is the renewal of the, ni- the mind. The washing of the bride. We will not receive our miracles until our mind is renewed. Now let that sink in. You will not receive. That's how we get our miracles in this house. I'm not saying God won't do it instantly and release things, but we're talking about for those monumental moves and those those booms. That's going to be our testimonies when we get up and testify before the nations. The Lord gave me this word. I stuck to this word. This is the trial I went through. This is is the season I went through. And then God brought this. But it was because God gave me a word and I meditated on it. He renewed my mind in that area. Do y'all get what I'm saying? Because sometimes we can be discouraged when somebody prays over your miracle is coming. And then we don't see nothing happen. But the process of what that word was spoken has just started for you to renew your mind in that area. That's how we get our miracles here. And it doesn't make their ministry greater than ours. It doesn't make ours less or greater than theirs. But when the two come together, think about it like this, because we're, we'll be releasing houses and releasing bondage off of people's souls at one time. They will receive revelation instantly. It'd be as if they've been studying or reading right next to us, right? Um. Oh. But yeah, your boy went straight into the perfect law of bondage. Some of y'all saw me in that time. Your boy was messed up. Okay, so if God gives you an instruction, be a doer because you will be blessed in what you do. I'd have been blessed if I would have adhered to the word God gave me. I was still blessed, but I had to go through hell to be blessed. Why do we, why, why do we have to go to hell to be blessed? God never said that. Let's stop going through hell to be blessed. Why don't we just allow heaven to invade our life, meditate on God, and still be blessed? Basically have peace and, and joy in all things. We can have it that way. It doesn't mean you won't have trials. or I mean, It will not mean you won't have tests or or uh, temptation, all these different things, but it'd be by a breath, and it won't have the same effect on you that it did. Excuse me. If anyone among you thinks he is religious, and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this is the, re- this one's religion is useless. If anyone among you thinks he is religious, we can replace that word spiritual, and does not bridle his tongue. If you think you're receiving revelation from God, God has told you this about your life, God has, you know, revealed these things to you, but you still cursing. you still talking about people. I'm going to say this. A curse word is anything that's not edificial to a person. Now, you have your curse words, like the F word, the S word, you know, all these different words. But a curse word is anything that doesn't edify another person. Okay? There are words that I've I know that some of us still say that we should never say. God, that's one of the, that's one of the things God took away from me in an instant. It was it was literally one moment I was a sailor, the next moment I was a saint. It was that fast. I haven't said a cuss word in like three or four years, and it wasn't by me because I cursed all the time. Bad, every word was a cuss word, and I liked it. I thought I sounded cool. For real. (laughs) That's how I used to try to pick up women. (laughs) Your boy was terrible. That's the old man. But you have to be able to broaden your tongue. That means if you're not holding on to the word, you're thinking you're spiritual because God gave you a word, but you have not started walking out that word. You're telling everybody that word. You're, you're, You're believing that word, and you're speaking revelation. You're just deceiving your own heart. And also, not bridling the tongue is speaking against what God has already showed you. Speaking words of doubt—that's not bridling your tongue. We all know we're gonna have that test. That that thing it try, it try to get you to say the wrong thing. It's like constant. And then you start thinking, dang, I think I am. I think I am thinking this. <laughs> you know, it sounds just like you in your head. Like, all right, but well maybe, maybe I didn't hear God. We all been through it. Maybe I didn't hear God. Maybe I missed it. Satan just up there. But you know, you know the, the picture of Satan with the little pitchfork? I man leaning on his pitchfork like, boy, I got him again. I got him again. And God is just like, hold on to that word. The word has all the power. Here's a little more revelation. It says that the word will never fade away. People believe that when they receive Christ in their heart, they're going to heaven, right? You only go to heaven if you receive Christ in your heart. If God has not revealed to you that your soul should be changed. That you, should re- that you should not renew. If that has not been revealed to you about renewing your mind. If God has revealed to you that you should renew your mind. I want y'all to listen to this very carefully. Anything God instructs you to do, he's asking you to do it. Okay? God is asking you, anything God is instructing you to do, he's asking you to do it. So God covers with mercy when we're in ignorance. But if he reveals to you to change something and you don't, you're in sin. Sin leads to death. So, we can't, we have to get out of the place that I've re, I received Christ in my heart, I'm going to heaven. And God has put you in a ministry that's about renewing your mind, and you're not taking the steps to renew your mind. It says the word is what remains forever. If the word's not here, this is who you are. Y'all know that, right? This is who God created you to be. When God had the spirit enter to the, the dust, the man, the soul came. And everything that God knitted us in our mother's womb started coming to be. Did y'all know that? This is who we are. I don't want to say it's your personality, but it's really your personality. It's everything about you. Now, unseen in the unseen and the seen. We work out renewal to become who we really are. But if the word's not there, this is going to perish. It is. This is the only thing. The word is the only thing that will not fade. Even heaven and earth will fade away. And there's going to be a new heaven. But even heaven and earth will fade away but his word will remain forever. The word got to be up here. It has to. All right, so anyone, if anyone among you thinks he is spiritual, that God is flowing in him and he not or she not being a doer of the word and does not bridle his tongue because if you're not a doer of the word, you're in deception, so you're speaking everything that's false. You're deceiving your own heart. And this one's religion. This one's spiritual concept. This one's religion. This one's beliefs. Are useless. Is that it? is that it is that the end of it. I want to get more revelation on a harlot. <laughs> that was something kind of real quick that God put in my heart because I really feel like there is a uh, a seducing spirit trying to enter souls, trying to speak against to receive something. What you're receiving if a harlot is in operation is a lie. So anything that is being spoken in your soul that's contrary to the word of God is a spirit of harlotry. And like Robin said, it's in a cycle. Every time a hardship comes, a harlot comes and try to woo you, say, no, come over here, come over here. It's better over here. You remember how we used to do things over here? That's what it does. And then you're back in that same action and then you can't receive the promise that God has for you. Okay? Har- harlot- harlots operate in words, thoughts, and actions. The same thing. With saints, we are in words, thoughts, and actions. So you can have a person that speaks holotry. You can have a thought of holotry. Or you can have an action of holotry. Okay? So we must really examine ourselves. Because we're all in delicate place. Everybody's in a delicate place. But that's because we're getting healed right now. We're on an operation table. That last stitch is getting sewn. It is. But once that healing is done, when God does the healing, it's a sure thing. You never have to go back. Who would who who would love never to go back to the pain they've experienced before? That's what he's doing in this season. And when you speak the testimony, there's no pain behind it. And people can truly get delivered. Be a testimony for God. That's what I will say. Allow God to use you to be his testimony. It's an honor. Anytime God, put I, every time he gives me a mic, it's to honor him. For real. And however he decides to honor himself through me, I'm a vessel of that. Y'all may not do it the same way I do it. God may give you a special way to do it. Or, you you know, your way to do it. But don't allow that that spirit to seduce your mindset. What they do, they play on the intellect. They play on the choice. Who else else has been around a, a prostitute before? Anybody else? I have. It's so crazy how they get you to start reasoning that this is something I can do and I'll never get caught. No one will ever know because they already got shame. They're not gonna tell people. And I don't want to tell nobody. And then that moment is they're trying to woo that choice. I only charge you $20. Oh man, that's a good price. I got 20 bucks on me right now. That is influencing the choice. And then emotions. <sighs> you just like everybody else in my life. Everybody else rejected me. They start I'm telling you, they start playing on those emotions. Oh, I don't want to hurt this woman or this man. you, you know what I'm saying? And <laughs> Now you're in, you in affections. Don't worry about it. Um, dang, I don't know what to do. Um, you're pampering the devil. You're like patting the devil. The harlot. The love. Come here, it's okay. I love you. I'm not going to do you like everybody else. I've seen it in Operation. Some languages I didn't even understand, but I knew what they were doing. I went to Amsterdam. I was playing in a, a basketball tournament, and then I'm done. I had the opportunity twice in my life to represent the United States in, for basketball, uh, once when I was 17 and once when I was 18. And once I was one of them. I was in Germany and one I was in France. To uh, to ter, curing France is right next to Belgium, I believe. Belgium is Amsterdam, right? No, Belgium's Germany. Which one is Amsterdam? What country is? Well, we're right next to the Netherlands. They have something called the Red Light District. W- wherever it is. There was so much pain. It was so much pain. It was unbearable. Just thinking about it makes me want to cry. It was terrible. And you saw all of that in operation. Every bit of what I just told you, in operation. No one had fathers. It was probably the worst experience I ever had in my life, but some of the boys from the United States wanted to, to have that experience, like come and see something like that. I was so grieved. I was following the Lord at that time, too. But I was so pained to see people in buildings with, um, eight by 10 window panes wide open, two, three stories, all ages. You can't even imagine. I was so grieved. My heart was so hurt to see people live that type of lifestyle. It was like going to a zoo with humans in it and the people around walking were spectators and engagers. God has called this house and other parts of the body to deliver people like that. I don't ever want you to think that what you're going through is for no reason, for no purpose. Every every single one of us has a word, has an experience, has a testimony that's going to deliver somebody. Like I said, Saturday night, God touched me when I, when I was able to pray for a young man that had a demon. He was a child. He spoke to me and he said, well, you... Basically, give your life to this cause or give your life to this ministry. I said I would give my all to serve you in this ministry. Compassion had to be there. There was a compassion that rose in me that I've never taught. somebody over there crying. I was broke up. Nobody else crying in the building except me and the people getting delivered. <laughs> I was right along with them. But there's a there's a passion, there's a compassion in my heart to see the youth get it right to get with the Lord. So some of you may have that passion to see prostitutes or harlots get set free. Because I'm telling you, I don't care where you are in life. you see something like that, it changes you. It breaks you. I can't even imagine going to a place like that now. I'll probably be throwing rocks in the glasses. But I only mention that because you have to know how it operates. And I have saw it in the natural, but I can see how it works in the spirit. It plays on every part of these, these portions or these functions of the soul. And you have to be strong in what God has revealed to you. The thing is, do you really believe God wants to give you what he said he's going to give you? That's the truth of it. Are you really in faith with it? I want everybody to try to get a, a greater revelation on faith. It says that the just shall live by faith. I love this. I've been listening a lot, and I have one minute left. Actually, I'm 29 minutes late. It says the just shall live by faith. I heard this listen to uh, uh, Apostle was teaching. That's a command. He didn't give any other option for us to live by. He didn't give us any other option to live by. The just shall live by faith. Shall. That's a command. If we're not living by faith, the word says if you're not in faith, you're in sin. It's a command. Everything we do, we're supposed to sit down by faith. We're supposed to eat by faith. It even says that we're supposed to eat by faith in the word. We're supposed to speak by faith, we're supposed to read by faith, we're supposed to pray by faith. How many times have we prayed and thinking God's not gonna hear our prayer? Or that God's not gonna do what we prayed for? Everything must be done, for, done by faith. I'm challenging everybody here to get a greater greater revelation on faith. Because as you build your faith, you're gonna start moving in another level of God. That means you're gonna receive things that you once, never thought you would receive, and you're going to do things that you've never done before. Anybody got any questions? All right. Lord, we thank you. We bless you. Father in heaven, you're so great. Thank you for your word. We ask for a greater revelation on faith. Lord, I ask for a greater revelation on the spirit of holler tree. And I ask that right now you just seal everything with the precious blood of your son Jesus Christ and with the Holy Spirit, which is the guarantee of our success, right now. I ask that everyone that was here received everything they needed to receive. And I ask that you allow that word, the revealed word. Be planted, be implanted, and allow it to save their souls. Give them the strength right now, God, to decide to be a doer of that word. We thank you. We choose you over all things, Father. We choose you over all things, Jesus. We choose you over all things, Holy Spirit. And we love you more now than we ever have. Show us who you are. Reveal yourself to us. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.